Welcome to the Better Together podcast. It's time to talk powering pastoral farming success today and in the future. Hi, and welcome to Better Together, brought to you by PharmIQ and PharmX. I'm Alison Worth, and with me today to talk about sustainable farming is Rabobank New Zealand's Chief Executive, Todd Charteris. Welcome, Todd. It's really great to have you here today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for the opportunity, Alison. Look forward to the chat, and uh, always good to catch up on uh, such an important topic. Yeah, it is. It's um, yes, yeah, sustainable farming is is on the on the lips of everybody everybody's um tongues at the moment aren't they i think that um it's yeah it's a very very hot topic and it covers all sorts of things doesn't it greenhouse gases fresh water um everything finances whatnot so um look i think i think that sustainable farming has always been part of new zealand's farming dna and um and sustainability as we just said kind of relates to the entire farm system doesn't it the well-being of its people animals finances not just the environment really um and all those hot topics, hot, hot environmental topics. Um, we've seen a conscious shift in the approach of farm management, haven't we, by banks viewing, you're now viewing farm businesses in a, in a really holistic sense, seeing how all those parts are fitting together or not as the case may be, of course. Um, Rabobank's been leading the way for some time now, hasn't it? And it must be quite challenging to estimate the impact of all these changes that have been happening and, and that are coming down the barrel at farmers. So, um, Todd, can you tell us a bit about, you know, how Rabobank's rolled out these changes and, and what the response has been from the farming community? Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, to I guess, reinforce your, your first message, I mean, you know, farming in a sustainable way um, has always been there, right? And um, mm. But often we've looked at it more from an economic perspective and, Making sure that uh, you know the farming practices that are going on uh, can sustain the next generation, and so on and so forth. And um, what we've certainly seen uh, in the last, and I would say it's you know quite some time, you know, 10, 20 years, is a lot more focus from an environmental impact perspective. Mm. Uh, and uh, and from our point of view, you know, we've been working closely with farmers and growers uh, over. A, you know, quite a period of time in, in that regard. And you know, one of the things that we've been doing for a few years now is actually um, benchmarking the non-financial performance uh, of our clients to um, to really, I, I guess, first and foremost, is to making sure that you know we continue to be responsible farmers and growers. Uh, and some of those non-financial uh, performance measures we talk about include. Um, Public such as farm environmental plans, mm. health and safety plans, yeah, uh, uh, risk management plans, you know, even succession plans, and and people, farmers and growers across New Zealand, to hopefully kind of you know find a way to navigate through some of these um, challenges and opportunities that exist in that far that we call sustainability now. Mm, yeah, indeed, and so so a lot of these. Um, Agriculture loans and and finances, you know, coming out from the banks nowadays have, have kind of, as you say, have been um, looking at the the non financial part of of farming, um, and I've I've read recently that um, all agricultural loans are are being viewed as green loans now. Is that is that right? 
Yeah, I haven't uh, caught up with exact detail, but by definition, I mean, mm. they should be. Um, because I think that's, by definition, I mean, any lending that we do. Um, and, and you could you have the same argument with any business, you know. Um, mm. Any commercial lending you do to a business, you know, should be sustainable, right? Because yeah. otherwise you're virtually thrown uh, good money after bad. So, uh, and so I think um, by definition, but um, within that, there's still a whole range of um, uh, of things that um, will have a far greater impact than others. And, you know, over a period of time, you know, we've seen uh, upgrades to effluent systems on, on dairy farms. You know, we've seen a lot of planting of on, mm. or less productive land. Um, yeah, yeah, many, many, many kilometres of, and hundreds, probably thousands of kilometres of fencing of and planting of waterways uh, that we've seen over, you know, and, and that's been ramping up off late, you know, um, and that's all really good stuff that uh, just adds to that uh, longer term hmm. um, sustainability of that farming business. Yeah, indeed. I think I think that you know, planting and fencing and planting as well might be might seem like a a massive chunk or a massive hit to your to your cash flow to start off with. But the the feedback loop from you know when you see all that fencing and planting, you know, really working in action, especially kind of three to five years down the line, that feedback loop just makes makes everybody stakeholders and and you know farmers themselves feel really great about what they're doing. Um, as well as the, yeah, you know, think, the, yeah. Else, what's important is we need to, you know, get the recognition and making sure that, um, you know, all the carbon that's being sequestered along the way mm. is measured as well and recognised. Yeah. And that's, that's obviously a, a sensitive topic right now. It is. Need to, need to find a way to solve for that because, um, mm. uh, you know, doing a lot of these things, it make you feel good for a while, but um, you know, if you if you're going to have to pay for it on the other side, yeah, uh, we need to make sure the balance is there around that, and uh, and we're certainly working hard uh, to support our farmers and growers and, and submissions to make sure that that's recognised um, from the government. Yes, no, indeed, and that's a very sensitive, super hot topic at the moment. So, if you're listening to this and you haven't put your submission in yet, and they're still open, then please do. <laughs> It'll be really interesting to see what happens with with government decisions um in a few weeks time won't it so kind of that's kind of a nice kind of segue into the next question um todd it's there's a saying um in in the industry um that it's hard to be green when you're in the red and so kind of safely transitioning out of debt into a inflationary highly regulated environment um needs to be as you know as well planned as possible um can you think of a farming success story that's achieving this kind of um, this plan and and how how's Rabobank contributing to that? Yeah, look, yeah, to be honest, there's, there's just so many examples of this. I mean, mm. and, and which I think is great to see. And I think one of the challenges for all of us is is how we actually better uh, tell those stories around you know what some of these businesses are doing and in mm. the way. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, to be sustainable is to both be economically and environmentally sustainable, and you need to be part both, you know. Yeah. And, um, um, no, look, there's there's a number of examples where we've helped. I touched on it earlier where, um, you know, we've helped uh, fund investment into, you know, technologies and equipment to improve, you know, environmental outcomes 
as uh, effluent systems. Um, but, but also, you know, other things seem a bit more um, uh, going in around uh, solar. Uh, and, you know, probably having slightly less of an impact from an environmental point of view, given um, the amount of um, renewable energy in New Zealand now, certainly economically makes sense. Hmm. So there's, there's those type of things. But, but to your point, I mean, we've seen over the last uh, four or five years, you know, real consolidation in New Zealand um, farming businesses, uh, pay down of debt more generally, and, and I think mm. that's been proven by uh, all farm businesses as we get to this point, and we're not quite there yet because we, we're not fully across uh, what the, the new uh, rules and regulations will be. But, mm. you know, there was an expectation there will need to be um, some more investment in technology and, and innovation that will um, continue to, to drive those more favourable outcomes. So, mm. um, look, I think... You know, some of the examples that stand out for me in terms of some of those leading farming businesses is, is, is those that are um, uh, sort of along that change curve a little bit earlier and, and not that they're um, necessarily, you know, happy to, to go there in some areas. It's actually been uh, trying to find the time um, to actually understand what's happening mm. around them, you know, the wider environment, what's happening with consumer trends, what's, what's yeah. the market expecting. And I think that's actually a piece that's been really difficult is there's so much change going on uh, for, for all businesses, but certainly for farmers and growers, it's actually just having the, the bandwidth to absorb mm. that and to understand it and then to try and get ahead of it. Yeah. And that's a part that we're trying to play to help our clients, you know, do that. More effectively, but it's it's really really hard. It's just it feels quite overwhelming at times for at times mm. now for farmers and growers. But it's um you know we will get there. You know we uh you know we, our farmers in New Zealand are some of the most adaptable and innovative uh, across the world. We've, we've proven that in the past, and I'm really optimistic we'll uh, we'll prove that into the future. Um, and we've just got to work through it. Mm, that's awesome. So, have you got any kind of um, have you got any advice for for farmers who are just um, on the on the edge, kind of on the on the brink of um, starting to get their head around what all these changes and incoming regulations mean? Um, have you got any kind of advice for them from a kind of a financial planning point of view? What would what could they do? What what sort of what can they look at that's in their toolbox already? Um, to, to help oh, them get to grips. You know, probably they're um, uh, already surrounding themselves with um, subject matter experts in the various topics, you know, and mm. technology and innovations and things like that. But then, you know, from a um, financial perspective, it's, it's, you know, talking to your financier uh, earlier or engaging them in the discussion and, um, and, you know, making it clear what your plans are, what you'd like to do and, and working together along the way because it's actually in everyone's interest to, um, you know, whole society's interest uh, to continue to produce, you know, high-quality, nutritious food out of New Zealand. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, we need to do our bit uh, in terms of making sure that that uh, is even more environmentally uh, friendly than uh, than what we're doing today, which is already, is, you know, world-leading. Um, there's, there's more we can do and need to do more.
yeah indeed thank you so it's kind of it, it seems like that nowadays it's not really good enough to get on with the business of farming behind your farm gate in in isolation or in privacy and our, our practices are, are, are in many spotlights aren't they um you know global spotlights industry spotlights auditor spotlights but um but in particular, um, and something that I've I've read that you're very keen on addressing, that city spotlight, um, our city-based neighbours, and um, and I've heard that you're you're keen on talking about the urban and rural divide and addressing what that looks like and how we can how we can um, close that gap. Yeah, I think um, yeah. Sometimes you rural divide. Sometimes it's more perception than fact, but at the same time, I do think um, there's a there's a lot to you know have um, people who live in the cities be able to understand uh, the contribution that, that comes from our um, rural sector. And you know, some of the areas that we're focusing on, I mean, we've recently um, committed to a Bravo Community Fund. Uh, which invests um, around about nine hundred thousand dollars a year in community-led initiatives, and certainly one That's of the cool. themes, uh, one of the themes that um, that comes from that is uh, the urban-rural um, divide. Uh, and some of the initiatives that sit within that is, um, you know, we're a keen supporter of agribusiness in schools. Uh, I think it's okay. uh, now that uh, curriculum is in, in over hundred. 20 schools in New Zealand. I think this year there's 3,000 students or more than 3,000 students studying agribusiness in schools. That's really grown over the last mm. four or five years, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, another initiative is, is you know, beyond school is, is the Growing Future Farmers program where yeah. uh, we support, um, you know, the on-farm training uh, of students. Um, that's really taking off. Uh, and that's you know been really positive. Uh, and, and I think the other other area which um, is a big topic and that actually spans the whole um, all communities is the topic around food waste. Yeah, we've got a a national partnership with uh, social food waste social enterprise Kiwi Harvest. Yeah, uh, and we do um, piece of research with them every year. And what's quite staggering, I mean, first of all. Yeah, food waste, if it was a country, uh, would be the third largest matter in the world, yeah. Yeah. which is staggering in itself. But the other staggering piece of research that's come out of the relationship with them is, you know, last year New Zealand households, so this is just in the New Zealand households, mm. wasted $3.4 billion worth of food uh, last year. So, you know, it's a huge amount of money. And, and mm. I think more importantly, it's a huge amount of natural resource that goes into producing um, yeah. that produce, if you like, growing yeah. that food, uh, getting it to market, um, yeah. and, and not being realised. And so it's just it's just a huge waste. And so what we're really hoping to do there is just build awareness uh, across, you know, that whole sort of broader community because it's a part for all of us to play. Mm. Is food waste, you know, occurs. Uh, in the production side of things, but a heck of a lot uh, occurs in that uh, in that consumption end, uh, which, from a household point of view, is you know that's all of us, right? That's not uh, it's not just people in rural communities or people in towns. It's you, me, it's everyone else. We've all got a part to play, and so we're really trying to raise awareness around that through education and and drive better outcomes. Yeah, yeah, that's, I think that's such a good 
such a good initiative, isn't it? Because it's not um, it's not just our stock that that um, can be attributed to producing methane. It's a lot of food waste as well, which comes comes from all of us, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. Shared responsibility, Alison. That's that's the point we need to make. You know, yeah. Everyone's got to do their Yeah, indeed. Indeed, indeed. I think um I think that was a fantastic chat, Todd. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm gonna let you get back to your, your busy, busy Thursday afternoon. Um thank you so much again for joining us and sharing some of your um insights on sustainable farming and uh, we look forward to catching up with you soon over a beer, hopefully. Hey, thank you very much, Alison. Good to chat and uh, keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. See you again. Bye. Bye.